What's good, guys? Welcome to episode 62 on the DM Pod. Joining me this week is a brother who played at Long Beach State University at the collegiate level. Him and I crossed paths while on the same basketball club over abroad in North Macedonia, where we currently recorded this episode. Evan just recently proposed in Paris, France. Congratulations to my guy, and hope you all enjoy this episode. Peace. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Duan Marrero podcast. I'm your most gracious host, Duan Marrero. Joining me this week is a brother who played at Long Beach State at the collegiate level. Him and I crossed paths while on the same basketball club here in Macedonia, where we're currently recording the one and only Evan Payne. Pleasure to have you on the pod this week, bro. How you feeling? I'm feeling great, man. Uh, we're heading to a little break right now, so we just finished our last game yesterday, and I'm heading to Paris in a couple of days, so... Nice man. What you, what you got going on in Pierce? Man, I got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on. I don't know when this podcast is gonna be, you know, uh, broadcasted, but uh, definitely got a, some some surprises for everybody. Nice. We we'll definitely probably at the end of the segment, man. Hopefully you'll let us let us in on a surprise. Mm-hmm. And before we really dive in, though, who is Evan Payne for those who don't know who you are? Evan Payne, um, just a twenty-six-year-old. Young basketball player, uh, born in Oklahoma, raised in Akron, Ohio, and ever since then, just been traveling the world, man, following my dream. Nice. Yes, sir. Before, you know, we get into your college career, I was doing a little bit of research in your grassroots days in high school, and you launched an off-balance three-point shot beyond midcourt with less than two seconds left to go in overtime to defeat Bucho, I believe, that's how you pronounce it, in in D2 district finals you put up 18 points man how was that that moment if you could remember uh that's my community man so we were playing Bookville um and they are like an inner city school in West Akron I went to a private school that was in Cogga Falls so I mean the game was sold out you know kind of segregated like you know Bookville's an all inner school and then Walsh is private so it was like it was just a lot of um passion going into that game a lot of a lot of trash talk so I mean, it went to, I believe, a double overtime, and we hit that shot, and it was, I just threw it up, man, and went in, and I just started running around the court, man, it was, I can't even speak on that, that moment, it was insane. Was it on social media? Yeah, yeah. it was on YouTube, it, I think it has like 10,000 views on YouTube, man, that was back in the That's day sick. when YouTube wasn't really popping, and, you know, highlights weren't really popping, but yeah, it got a, it got a lot of views, and a lot of people know about that shot in Athens. That's so like I've never hit a game winner. I, I'm still waiting on that moment to mm-hmm. to get a game winner as I continue to play basketball. But you mentioned you went to a private school, mm-hmm. and how mature you are now, and you reflect that you went to a private school. How was that whole experience going to a private school? Well, coming from a public school is extremely <laughs> challenging. Um, you used to being around a certain type of people, and then you kind of switch it, and you're around a different type of you know a whole another type of person. So. Going into it, I did not want to go to a private school. I wanted to stay with my friends and go to the same high schools as them. Um, but, you know, other than that, it was it was a tough, you know, first couple of months, you know, but I, I transitioned well. You know, basketball really helped me with that, just getting to introduce, uh, meet a lot of different friends and um, learning about the, you know, school and just studying. And, you know, the academics were tough at first, but you kind of, I mean, you learn and you grow, you know, from freshman to junior year that I was there. And, 
you know, I think that really helped me going to college, just that private school kind of, you know, schooling. What was your recruiting like? Because um, obviously from Akron, you went to school in the West Coast. Mm -hmm. What what got you to go to the West Coast? Um, I think just connections, mm -hmm. but I ended up, I had a long story. So from Walsh, I went to, I left my junior year and I went to Huntington Prep. Um, so if anybody doesn't know who Huntington Prep is, it's a big time prep school in West Virginia. Uh, we had a real stacked team. Um, it didn't work out there for me. And I ended up leaving and I came back home and I went to a public school for a couple months and then I went back out to a prep school for a fifth year uh, in Georgia. And that ended up going really well and I got an offer from LMU and I had a bunch of other offers from USC, um, I think San Diego, same areas. I mean, I had, I had a lot of different offers and uh, yeah, that fifth, that fifth year just really helped. Um, I handled business, I got my SAT scores, ACT scores, and just, you know, I feel like I just matured mentally and handled business, so. As a, obviously a, a college athlete, you, you mentioned that you was just going A, B, and C, mm -hmm. just to, you know, get to where you ultimately are today, but how was that whole experience trying to just find your, find your niche within, in the, in the high school? Uh, Basketball-wise, if, yeah. if we're talking about just talent, I think I always had the talent. Right. I think I really struggled with academics. Going okay. to, like I said, going from a public school to a private school is no joke. Right. Uh, I think Walsh is one of the top, you know, uh, schools in you know Ohio regarding the education, and that's why my dad sent me there. Um, but I, I struggled, and I probably was like a C student. But you know, for all the athletes out there, you know, you have to score higher on the SAT and ACT to get past that clearinghouse. No question. So I'm sure a lot of kids struggle with that, but um, yeah, I struggled with that as well, and that was probably my biggest issue. Um, even as a sophomore, I was I had Akron, Akron U in the, in the uh, gym, Toledo, you know, I had TCU in there. I had some big time schools. It's just it came down to the schooling, and yeah, I didn't execute on that, but figured it out my fifth year. So when LMU reached out, mm -hmm. you were like, "Shit, this is this is where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take my talents to the West Coast." I yes. <laughs> I actually was just excited about the opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, when they said LMU, I didn't, I mean, I didn't register that with a big time name. I wanted to go big time. I had the ego and everything. So I wanted to go to, you know, a big time school like Ohio State or like, you know, a DePaul like you or something like that. But um, I wasn't educated on the West Coast Conference. I thought I was really just going to like a real low major school right. uh, when I first got the offer. But then I started looking into it. I saw that it was in, you know, kind of like Marina Del Rey right next to Manhattan Beach. Um, you know, it's like a sixty, seventy thousand uh, dollars uh, tuition a year. I mean, it's crazy. So um, after I started doing some more digging, I was I got real excited and yeah. West Coast Conference, a respected conference, mm -hmm. especially now. Mm -hmm. um, I was always watching Gonzaga because they came on late mm -hmm. uh, Pacific time because we were central. Yeah. But I always watched Gonzaga and you got a chance to play against Gonzaga. Yes, multiple times. I think I played at their house. At their house. Was it always crowded? Oh, it was packed. Uh, I remember we would go for shoot around the day before, and there would be tents outside the day before okay. for a, a college game. That's sweet. Yeah. I played against Creighton, and it was my first time starting in the Big East, mm -hmm. and they were there to see Doug, and and Olive Purnell was like, "Hey, you're guarding Doug McDermott." Mm -hmm. It's my first. Yeah, Time rest. started. I'm like, you could have me guard Doug. I'm up for the challenge, obviously, but I didn't realize how many screens I was coming off of because mm -hmm. the whole offense was set for him his senior year, mm -hmm. and it was sold out. My first rep on defense, 
No, offense. I shot a top of the key shot air ball. Mm -hmm. 10,000 fans screaming air ball. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, shit. So I get on defense. I go through three screens, and he hits the deep three top of the key in my face. And I'm like, oh, this is about to be a long night. Man. He finished the game with 30 points. Yeah, that, <laughs> it probably felt like much more. Yeah. When you guard him. Yeah, it was, like it, was, it was an eye-opener. Yeah. Like, wow, this is real, and I have tons of work to do on myself and, mm -hmm. and so forth. But anyways... Before we get into uh, what we did, we did hit your high school. Mm -hmm. Man, you was a bucket. Yeah. You was a bucket your freshman year. Yeah. You scored 497 points mm -hmm. um, first season. What was that like? You was all-conference freshman. That means, you, to me, it was like you had a lot of poise and a lot of confidence going in your first year. Um, I think it was my just the coaching staff <laughs> um, and the environment. I mean, they were very embracing, and they wanted me to go after it. Um, and uh, my point guard was uh, Anthony Ireland, who just gave me a lot of knowledge and just told me to be just a monster every night. You know, he kind of led the way for me and just taught me so much. Um, and yeah, uh, I actually tore my meniscus a month or uh, two months right before the season. So first official practice, I tore my meniscus. I had a bucket tear. So that was a major setback for me as a young kid. You know, this is your freshman year. I'm flying. I was a high flyer. At that time, I mean, I'm talking about head at the rim, everything. Um, so to tear my meniscus and have to get surgery and have my doctor tell me, you know, this is not good. This is you're not gonna be able to play much longer. You know, um, you know, you don't have a meniscus. They took out 80% of my meniscus. Wow. So they were just talking real, just kind of negative, like you, you know, you're not gonna be able to play the game too long. This, that, and other. So I remember my, my family wasn't even out there at that point. So I'm sitting in, you know, the doctor's office hearing all this stuff, and it was just a bad time for me. But I, I. Um, I just kind of flipped that, and I think I was back in like a, maybe a month and a half. You know, they gave me the cortisone shots. I had the real good, uh, the surgery went really well. And, you know, the D1, you know, um, physical training was just on point. I was back quick. And, yeah, I just really turned that around and had a great season, man. I was just. You had Kobe doctor? Yes, yes. Yeah, I would have had a lot of confidence coming yeah. back, too. He did his elbow surgery, Dr. Gambardella. Great dude, just real negative before the uh, surgery. So. I, I DM my doctor, uh, Dr. Brian Cole. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I was at DePaul, which my first October was getting ready for uh, the season, yeah. October 24th, 2012. I remember like it was yesterday. I tore my ACL, non-contact, mm -hmm. and they picked up on it. Obviously, DePaul staff, mm -hmm. uh, medical staff was great. Mm -hmm. um, I actually wrote the guy who helped me with my physical therapy just mm -hmm. to thank him and happy holidays yeah. because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be able to walk. Yeah. And I had the same doctor as D. Rose uh -huh. towards ACL. Uh -huh. So I'm like, if this D. Rose doctor, I got to come back sharp. Yeah. And uh, 10 months later, I was back on the court. But when you go through those injuries, it makes you really appreciate your body at a whole another level. Oh, for sure. And I think it was just too much weight. Maybe not too much, but my body was going through so much change mm -hmm. uh, my freshman year with just the lifting and, um, you know, probably just maybe a lot more practice than I'm used to in prep school days. So, um, yeah, I uh, just had a real tough slip and it was quick. It, it didn't even hurt or anything, but yeah, it was a tough situation. So what was your obviously transfer, but what was your reasoning behind it uh, with you and, and Coach Dunlap? You know, were you guys just on two separate pages? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he came in with a certain plan. Uh, he got fired. I mean, my coaching staff that mm -hmm. brought me in got fired my freshman year after I had a really good mm -hmm. season. I did not want to leave after everybody kind of told me, you should mm -hmm. probably leave, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and nothing against 
Coach Dunlap. I, I think he's a really great X's and O's coach. Uh, he really knows his stuff, but I think he was trying to drill so much information and his style into us that it was just a shock for everybody and nobody was having fun. We were up at 5 a.m., you know, doing practices for four hours. And these weren't even really like like running or like five on five practices. These are pure detail. You know, if you yawn, get out. If, mm. you, if you're not attentive, get out. If, you know, so he was very strict. He was going to pound his information to us regardless. And me coming from my background, I, did, I don't really enjoy people telling me what to do. I felt like I had, I just got, I mean, I just broke the, the school record for scoring. Right. For points per game, for points in the, in the season as a freshman. So it was like, I mean, I had that ego going into it. And I didn't like just, I didn't like any of it. You know, but I was willing. I was still working hard. I just didn't like what he was trying to change in me, and like, I mean, he tried to change everything, How did, which is what coaches do when they come in. You know, so when you went through that that experience, did you have one on one meetings with him? Oh, uh, all the time. We would go to eat. I mean, he was. A, we were close. Uh -huh. We were actually really close. It was like one of those love hate relationships. So we would go eat. We would go to the beach. I would go to his house. I would spend time with his, you know his family. Like it, we were close, and he was trying to pull me in. But I think I was so young and just kind of immature sometimes. And I think he was still the Mike Dunlap that everybody knows. So I think it was just two of the same kind of personalities clashing, you know. Um, How did he take it when you told him he was about to leave? So it was crazy. I actually, um, my dad actually wrote up the letter. He was fed up before this. I mean, he, the letter was written, you know, before the season that I was leaving. So he sends it over to the athletic department, and um, and he called me in, and I was just like, yeah, uh, I'm done. I mean, I just, we all expect this to happen, you know. He was kind of benching me towards the end of the season, but he did let me play the last game of the season. Um, he let me play point guard. He let me shoot, like, you know, 15 times. Like, it was just not what he gave me throughout the whole entire season, but that last game, he was, I don't know what it was about. Maybe he knew I was leaving. I don't know, but... He was just kind of unpredictable like that. Like some games, he would sit me and just say, you're not playing today or you're not going on this trip. I don't like your attitude this week or something like that. That had to be so, frustrating. Yeah, so, you know, the newspapers came out. Everybody, you know, uh, LMU newspapers saying, you know, LMU loses their their star player. He's in the newspaper saying he's not a star player. He's just a good player on a bad team. You know, it was just, it was like a bunch of drama. It was like a, yeah, it was like some type of soap opera or something. <laughs> what were your options? Uh when beginning to transfer to another university, like how did Long Beach come Oh, they about? were coming in from the wazoo. I was, <laughs> I was on the phone with, you know, UConn. I was on the phone with USC. I had Arizona State. I had Michigan. I had Northwestern. I had um, UNLV. I, I had it all. I mean, everybody was calling, you know, because I was one of the top scorers in the country, you know. Um, and, yeah, I got a lot of love after the season. Um, and I actually ended up going with, my old coaching staff. That's the reason I chose Long Beach State. You know, as well as my sister was still in California, and so was my my girlfriend at the time. So, um, yeah, it was kind of an easy decision for me. Yeah, you had like a great two years at Long Beach. Yeah. How was it playing for uh, Dan Munson? It, it was. It was. It was an experience. Um, I think that. You know, it was a whole another coaching kind of personality from him as well. So I was trying to, I was going from Dunlap to kind of feeling like I was like taking advantage of to going to a coach who is like a little bit more, not as like upset all the time. He wasn't screaming all the time. Laid you know, back. He just wanted results. You know, I think he was toward, you know, I think Dan Munson's on, maybe kind of on his way out. So 
he was yeah he was kind of chill you know yeah. like he wouldn't even coach in the preseason he would just let us see what we were doing and then you know he would just give it to us during the season but he's just like one of those chill guys very laid back you know um great coach he's had a great career i saw that he he, he had the most wins yeah. ever at long yeah. beach state piling yeah. up 200 wins and yeah. leading the long beach state to three Big West championship. Very well known. I mean, very well known. Um, great coach. I mean, I, I love Mike. I mean, Dan Munson. Um, great guy, and everything. So, well, I actually didn't play two years at Long Beach. I played one year. I sat oh, out my first year. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. And you, you still managed to score fourteen hundred points. Over yeah, fourteen hundred yeah. points. Yeah, that's yeah, huge. Yeah. That's a huge yeah. milestone. Yeah, it, it was cool. I, nobody told me I broke the thousand. I don't even know when I broke the thousand. I didn't get a ball or anything. So I saw there was that. No like, love on that. I usually see all these kids. Getting, yeah, I was like. Know, I was doing research and yeah. I and I put your numbers together and you scored over a thousand points. I'm yeah. like, somebody yeah. has to pay respect to that. Yeah. Uh, what was your most memorable game in college? Most memorable game, man. That's tough. Um, I'm gonna go with the most recent one. I think we were at Texas mm -hmm. and I went off. Uh, we were on a, a tough stretch. We had just went to Kansas. We went to Louisville. We went to. We were at North Carolina, and we were struggling. These are all games on the road. Um, you know, we didn't fly home in between. We were just traveling from game to game to game. And we went there, and, and that was like the one game we were kind of in it. And I had a really good performance. You know, I was shooting the lights out of the ball. Um, so I think that was probably one of my best performances in college and favorite games. You know? Just to play in front of that crowd and that, you know, it's a lot of history in that gym. So Texas? Yeah, Texas. Yeah, I remember, playing, I remember playing against them in Kansas City mm -hmm. tournament. Yeah. And... Just to picture Texas and Kevin Durant, mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, Kevin Durant went to the crazy. school. Yeah, it's crazy. The the history behind Texas, yeah. um, it was really dope. Obviously, when you play against a like a school in a Big Twelve, right? Um, what was your schedule like as a student athlete? Schedule. Um, I'm trying to think which school was kind of tougher for me. Um, I think I kind of had a hang of it by the time I got to Long Beach, so I don't think it was nothing too crazy. But when I, when I first got to LMU, I, I struggled. Um, just with the schedule, with working out, with, you know, everybody wants to go out, you want to see California, right. you want to go party, you're young, you know, you want to live that life. Um, so just kind of like juggling all that as well as performing on the court too. Um, it was tough, so I would, you know, we would wake up, um, when Mike Dunlap got there, we would have a 5 a.m. practice, so like a 5 to 9. That's crazy. Yeah, then we would eat, we would eat breakfast together, and then we would go, you know, we would go back home, shower, do whatever, and then we would have class around 11 or 12 you know, maybe two, three classes, and then we would have shooting at night or we would have lifting after classes whenever your schedule opened up. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, it was a long day, you know, and then maybe you want to get some more shots up or whatever you may, may want. So shout, was, shout out to Oliver Purnell. Uh, he didn't believe in that 5 a.m. We, 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 no we had practice at uh, like 2, mm -hmm. like 2 or 3. Mm -hmm. But obviously Oliver Purnell and I didn't see eye to eye, but when I got to Moorhead State, mm -hmm. Sean Woods, Mm -hmm. Didn't believe in that shit either. That five a.m. Yeah. Now he was more of ten a ten a.m. So Man, I, I can only imagine how you felt five a.m. and you trying to go out the previous night. Oh, we were going out. We were doing it all. We were doing it all, and it was funny because we would have we had this big grass field in between uh, the dorms and um, Gerston Pavilion, which is where we practiced. And I remember I would wake up at four fifty-five and just mm -hmm. be sprinting across this field, not even awake. I'm talking about like literally just floating, you know what I'm saying? So it was it was tough and like we were always supposed to be 15 minutes earlier, so we were showing up late and then the practices would get earlier, 4 a.m. 
you know, if you're late, you know, so crazy stuff. Man. When you graduated from high school and then obviously you go off to college, mm-hmm. was it difficult for that transition to adjust to the average life of a student athlete at the Division One level from high school? I think we get a lot of help, man. <laughs> we had academic advisors. You got coaches showing up to your classes. You got coaches showing up to your dorms. I mean, they're really supportive. Like, that's their job. I get it mm-hmm. as well. But, you know, the coaches I had my freshman year, I mean, they're still my mentors to this day. Like, those nice. are, they're going to be at my wedding. They're going to be, you know what I mean? They're, they're very close to me. So they really guided me through the entire experience my freshman year, you know. So it was, it was real nice. After you reflected from your college days, what did you take away most when you were done with being a student athlete? Done with being a student athlete? I'm just happy I finished, man. I hear a lot of crazy stories about guys not finishing their degrees, you know, and going back later. Um, I'm just really happy I finished. Um, there would be some things I would change. There would be some things I wouldn't change, you know. I, don't, I haven't really reflected too much on it yet, you know, because I'm still chasing a dream right now. But, yeah, I'm just... I kind of, when I first, my first year out playing professional, I just wanted to go back to those gritty days, my freshman year, when I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen, I was just playing, you know, aggressive, and I was just, you know, nothing mental with it, I was just doing me, you know, so. What was that process like when trying to find the right agent to pursue your professional career? Obviously, you're from Akron, Mm -hmm. and when you're from Akron, obviously, the prolific figure of LeBron James is... Mm -hmm from Akron, mm-hmm. does Clutch go after a lot of cats from his hometown? Uh, I'm not sure how many cats from my town are really hooping like that okay. to even have that type of opportunity. Um, there's a couple names, but it's very rare. Okay. Uh, it's kind of more of a football state, okay. uh, Ohio is, so a lot of guys go that route. But um, uh, I did. I was signed with Clutch Sports at one point in time. Um, great agency, no, you know, no bad words towards them. Um, but it, it's an experience, you know. I didn't really get too much knowledge going into it. I had a lot of uh, agents hitting me up. Um, didn't really know how to go about it, but I knew that recruiting experience from going to college. So I was just kind of trying to listen for the lies, you know, because people are going to blow smoke in your ear all the time. But um, it was a challenge to figure out who to go with and who to trust. And so I kind of got some advice from uh, another one of my mentors, uh, David Lane. And he was kind of telling me to go with you know, Mansfield Associates, they're really good people, they're going to take care of you, you know. Shout out to Bob. Yeah, shout out to Bob, shout out to Darko, man, great people, really appreciate what they've done for me. Um, But yeah, it was, it was a tough experience, so I, um, I ended up signing with Mansfield Associates, and they got me a deal in like the next three days, it was crazy, so. And you was like, damn, this how this agency shit works? (laughs) Yeah, it was quick, it was like, it was like they knew you know, it was just like they got the the great connects. I don't know what it was, but it was it was literally three days. That's, that's I signed super. with them, and three days later, I was I was leaving. Your first gig was Czech Republic. Yes. How how was that going from the West Coast, that grind, and now you're in Czech Republic in Europe on your own? <laughs> I was not happy. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I'm not gonna sit on this podcast <laughs> and make any you know and lie about it. But I was I was not satisfied. I wanted to be at a bigger level. I really didn't know anything about Czech Republic. Didn't really want to leave the family, but I wanted to play basketball. I wanted to be a professional, you know, but it didn't work out the way I thought it would, which is how life usually works. But um, I started off really well. It was it was a great first couple games, and then I had an injury. I had an ankle injury, and then I had another ankle injury. So things kind of, you know, started to – my stats started to decrease, and our record started, you know, to reflect that as well. But um, great experience. Um, 
it was crazy. Like I, I felt like it was like an AAU kind of program when I went there. It was all everybody for themselves, kind of like you know. Full grind. And you know, in college, it's kind of like all unity. It's all like you know, we play for each other. And I was that's kind of installed in me. Like they beat that in me, or everybody in college. Y'all play together. It's not no one on one, nothing. You know. So when I went there, I was trying to get everybody involved. But it wasn't anybody really trying to get me involved or look out for me. So I kind of had to go back to that AAU mindset and kind of get it for yourself, you know. When you had your ankle injury, mm-hmm. tell the people, I don't know if you did have a, a, a f- medical staff on board. Did you have to gain knowledge about how I'm going to recover? I don't have the, the proper treatment. Now I have to do this shit on my own. Yeah, I knew how to go about it. It wasn't the... The trainer we had didn't really help me. He just gave, you know gives you an Advil and tells you you know go rest you know. Um, but there they actually did. They took me to get an MRI and they took me to get X-rays, which I was very surprised about. They were actually very. This is when I was averaging 18, 19 a game, so they were they were on it, you know. Um, and and um, but it was it was really bad. So I had like it was like the blue, the orange. It was all different types of colors, and they were just. They were trying to rush me back, and I wasn't really ready to come back, but I didn't want to let them down. I knew I, I was getting paid still, so I was like, I got to do my job, you know what I mean? So probably came back too early, and then it, I re-injured it again, and they were just kind of like fed up with it, you know? So, but it's, it's a challenge, man. Overseas, there is no really, it's not like college basketball. It's not like a D1 program where you're going to get the game readies or the Norma Techs or, you know, you're not going to get anybody rubbing on your ankle or doing a DEMA massage. You know, they're not going to, it's not like that overseas. They barely have ice. You know what I mean? It's, it's a grind, so you really gotta, you really gotta have your own kind of, you know, supplies to get better, because it's not, they're not giving it for you. And being in Europe teach you who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. A lot of self reflection because you're alone majority of the day. Absolutely. And and you figure out like, wow, I like this, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. You evaluate the people in your life, mm-hmm. the, your core values. All that stuff you put in perspective, um, because obviously we're blessed to continue to play. Yeah. For some people on the outside looking in, they think our job is so cool because we get to travel. Yeah. But they don't know the behind the scenes yeah. that we go through in order to manifest our dreams. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you about that either because I went through it, man. Mm-hmm. I was I was mentally drained. I was physically drained. I was struggling, man. I I had a girlfriend back home. I'm really close to my family and just talking to them was was good for me but it wasn't giving me that same you know face to face you know seeing them that in security person. yeah like so I, I struggled i wasn't i had the ankle injuries i had the pressure from the organization to play i wasn't ready to play it was my first year out i didn't even want to be there i feel like i was better than that situation my family wasn't there you know checks were late i mean it was the whole nine i was like i was dealing with stuff on my own and then on top of that this is this is the funniest thing i didn't even I wasn't even cooking. Like I was just eating McDonald's every day and Burger King. Like I was just, I was out of it, man. I, I struggled big time. So likewise, my yeah. first year in Switzerland, McDonald's was down the street. Mm-hmm. Prior to being a very expensive country, you got to talk to me about McDonald's, man. How quality it is. It's not. The it was. Same. It was great. Yeah. That's why I guess it was so expensive. But right. Swiss as a whole is very expensive. And for mm-hmm. those who don't know what Swiss is, Switzerland, one of the wealthiest countries. Ever. Sure. So I've had the luxury of starting off my Europe grind in Switzerland, mm-hmm. a very wealthy country. Yeah. However, my salary didn't match the yeah. wealth of the country. Yeah. And 
I was so Americanized, only going to McDonald's, looking for the American restaurants. Mm-hmm. But Subway's was a $15 foot long. Mm-hmm. They didn't have 10-piece. They had 9-piece chicken nuggets mm-hmm. with chicken wings, which mm-hmm. came out to be $20. Mm-hmm. So I only stayed with the 9-piece and spent about 13 bucks until yeah. I found a nearby market where I could warm up pasta, and that mm-hmm. only cost me 6 bucks. Mm-hmm. So I only ate pasta. Right. But coming from the States to Europe and trying to figure out who you are and getting out your comfort zone to survive, yeah. that's when I had to start drinking more coffee. Yeah. Um, you had to start spending money. And I wanted to, to ask yeah. you about that. How are you kind of like, when you were struggling, what did you start doing? Because for me, I was buying clothes. Oh. I was going to Prague. I was going to Vienna. I was buying, you know, I was buying brie cheese. I was doing prosciutto, baguettes. Like I couldn't, I had to live a certain lifestyle just to kind of like, Comp, like just to kind of match not match but like make me feel better about my my situation right I had know? to um what I do talk to a lot of my guys mm-hmm. who, who at the time were overseas mm-hmm. um, but I knew for me like this was a grind because mm-hmm. um, the job came late September yeah so I, I didn't know out, I didn't know late. what situation I was going into yeah. so I just knew that I was in Switzerland mm-hmm. and I'm gonna make the most out of this so being there from September to April and then getting ready to go to Puerto Rico, I really only had five days at home uh-huh. within that, that gap. But the main thing was just coming from Gary, and I'm in Swiss, and I paid my own way to go to Paris to meet up with my classmate who was playing in Poland. Mm-hmm. Made everything more at ease because he stayed with me. But, man, I just had to find my way. But I was in Switzerland. You know what I mean? So when, you you can't beat that, you, when you're in a wealthy country you and, you, and you're 40 minutes from Paris, yeah. Um, obviously, the experience will be different, but the finance was tough. That's the toughest part because I think that's our biggest goal as yeah. overseas players. We love to play basketball, but it's all about the the money, you yeah, know, the financial status of it. Like we want to save as much money as possible, right, and come back. Like here, you know, where we are, Macedonia. You know, uh, Bob told us that we could probably save ninety to ninety-five percent of our money because we're getting you know a certain amount of meals a day. They're they're taking care of our you know room and board, you know everything. So it's like. This situation is much different than a Swiss situation yeah. because everything is being taken care of. Right. It's not as pretty as Swiss, but right. like I feel like having a lot of money going home is better than maybe being in Switzerland at the end of the day. Absolutely. A and sacrifice. And it's like the stock rise. Like this this league is very well respected. Like, yeah. you know, you say you was better, you know, in Czech Republic now you're in Macedonia is like another stepping stone for your chapter. Yeah, and when you look at um Definitely, when you look at the people who go, like, the guys who play, because I played here for two months last mm-hmm. season for the playoffs in the Super League, and I, I got to see where they went after the season, after averaging, like, 15, 16, 17 a game. They're going to Hungary. They're going to Estonia. They're going to Germany. They're going to, you know what I mean, they're going to, uh, uh, what was the other one? I think Lithuania as well. So it's like, I see that, and I love to see, see that. see the potential. Because, yeah, like, I know it's respected. I know big the leagues that we want to get to, are valuing their performance for this, you know, for what they did here. So I think that's why I did come back here because I knew I could make some noise and get to the next level, potentially. No, no you know, question. So. And, and transitioning here, obviously your top 10 in scoring. Yes. You've been having a great season, man. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself in the future, though, as you continue uh, your progress? Um, like I said, uh, I got a lot of big um, moments coming up for myself that are gonna make my decision for next season a little more complicated. Um, so 
I'm just gonna go at it, but hopefully this doesn't release until after. Yeah, but, um, for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna be proposing to my my girlfriend in Paris, and that just brings so much more, you know, complications in the terms of I can't leave my wife at home for ten months out of the year. You can't. I I don't think it's healthy, you know, for a newlywed and for anybody married, you know. And she has a really great career. She's a nurse. She's a nurse practitioner. So she's making really good money, and I'm not gonna. I don't really want to take her from that. So it's like, it just becomes very a challenging situation because I am playing well and I will get good offers next year. So it's like, you know, what do you do? Do you, if you get a good enough offer, do you, you know, you come back overseas and kind of bite that bullet and leave your wife? Or do you, you know, try you go home and try to do G League or get a, you know, a nine to five, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a tough situation. Yeah. And, and I think you're not the only athlete that goes through that. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of people do. And, um, you know, I think you're a smart brother, so I know you'll get through it. And yeah. and I'm pretty sure you have good people in your corner who's mm-hmm. going to help you navigate when this challenge comes because mm-hmm. everyone goes through anxiety. Mm-hmm. But it always goes like, how are you going to deal with it and, and navigate your life through all the adversity that comes to it? But right. you have your proposal ready? I do have it ready. <laughs> I mean... I've been ready for five years, man. I knew, I know what's up, man. I yeah, the pros are speed. The pros are speed. I don't, I don't be have nice. it like word for word, you know, kind of mapped out. But I know, I know what I, I want to say. It, it's natural for me, you know. what I mean, I just That's I'm gonna say, you know, what she means to me, and it, it should it should be good, man. Hopefully, hopefully, I don't start speaking a different language and get nervous or yeah, something no, like that. I, I you think know? you're gonna do well, man. Yeah. I mean, you have your mindset already, and. Yeah. Many blessings, though, uh, when you enter this new chapter. Because yeah. I, I know it's going to be a beautiful thing for you, especially in pairs. Like, a lot of people don't get married from the Midwest culture. Yeah. Like, the Midwest is a blue collar. Yeah, I would say, yeah, yeah. For, <laughs> so, from where I, yeah, yeah definitely for Akron. I don't, yeah. None of my friends, I'll be the first one getting married. Yeah, so, that's, a lot of people that's huge. The wedding, and it's their first wedding. And, and you're proposing in pairs. Yeah, you know? crazy. That's memorable. Yeah, for um, sure. And it was a pleasure, too, being your teammate, man. Yeah. Um, watching your game and how explosive you are. And, and just seeing how you just annihilated whoever was in front of you. Yeah. Um, the, the chip you have to have, too, on a daily basis with mm-hmm. practice and, and going into the game and mm-hmm. playing in these cold gyms. Like, yeah. a lot of people don't understand those you cold gyms. You got to talk gym. about that, man, real yeah. quick. You got you to... The, the cold gym sometimes in Europe always doesn't go in your favor because mm-hmm. you can see your breath while on defense yeah. and you're playing. You got to speak about Robotchnik. We recently yeah. played them, I think, two games ago. And... We, you know, we get to the location and it's still, we get in the gym and it still feels like it's outside. So we're like, I, I mean, they kind of warned us that it was going to be cold, but, not, you know, not. we get into the gym and we're seeing our breath, our breath, like, clearly. Like, it's like, you know, like we're literally outside and then, you know, everybody has their, you know, their pants and their, their hoodies on. And once you take that hoodie and pants off after the warm up, it was like, it wasn't getting any better, man. No, it, was, it, it was a crazy it, it was It was a I've different grind. It was a different grind, yeah. man. But... As in a day, man, we was able to pull it out, even yeah. though we came up short. But it was an experience that I could share oh, with yeah. someone else Correct. coming up. And yeah. these are the pros and cons, and you have to be mentally ready when you come in this situation. For anything, man, <laughs> there's so many things that you're gonna go through overseas. Things you think you might not ever come across. It's it's gonna come. It's gonna bite you for sure. Uh-huh. And yeah, it just it's overseas, man. Is is that Euro grind? Like you you have all these 
phenomenal leagues, but Europe, you got to start from the ground up. Mm -hmm. and, and unless you're just a star-studded player who was drafted yeah. in the first or second round, you got that NBA stamp, then yeah. your situation may be a little bit different. But yeah. when you are trying to make a name for yourself, you got to go through the shit early. Yeah, for sure. Um, Everybody that, does, man. Yeah. Everybody. And I've heard great stories, you know, guys mm -hmm. going from one salary one season to quadrupling that salary. They handle the business. You know, so it, it's there. It's possible. I've heard many stories. It's not like it's a fairy tale. So that's what I'm chasing. I'm chasing that that next level. Absolutely. I want that satisfaction of playing at the top level. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. Well, that's they, what it's all about. Man, there you have it, man. The one and only EP, a.k.a. Evan Payne, man. Pleasure, bro. Yeah. Thank you again for hopping on the pod, man, and sharing your journey. Sure. I know a lot of your people are going to enjoy it. Um, and I enjoyed it for yeah, sure. It's my first one. And I'm it's glad we connected. One, yeah, I'm yeah, glad we were able to connect. And yeah. I apologize if you guys hear any background noise. I'm at the coffee shop here. Yeah. Where is this fresh? This is fresh. Yeah, yeah fresh. I'm here nice at Fresh. Um, nice had a few cap cappuccinos. So yeah. um, there you have it, though, man. And stay tuned for next week. Always dropping content. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Leave a review. Tell your friend to subscribe to the DM Pod. good guys we are back hope you all enjoy hearing evan's grind and a little bit about who he is and his background evan personally was one of my favorite players that i've played with professionally and i'm looking forward to watching him grow and elevate his game as i do the same with my game and so i'm wishing evan nothing but the best with him and his wife and you guys do not forget to subscribe and leave a review stay tuned next thursday peace Thank you.